Alrighty, guys, it is Stu. It is What the Fuck Gym Talk. And I have a micro gym owner, but it's not really what we're talking about today. We're going to be jamming on content creation and the actual creation, the actual like the record button and cutting things up and how that process looks and all that and storytelling. Dave Iron City Eisenstadt. This guy owns CrossFit 845. This is in New York, but he's also the owner of So Creative 845. And that's obviously 845 is the zip up there. And this is the area code. Sorry, not the zip, the area code. And uh, we had a chance to work together, uh, you know, probably, you know, midway, I don't know, like uh, tw I was in this building. So it had to have been 2017. So um, a few years ago. And his gym's doing great. Um, so well, great that he was able to start a side hustle. Very much what I did with What the Fuck Gym Talk around his passion, which is creating video content for businesses and storytelling in the in the art of uh, through the lens of a camera which you know video is just the art of uh images in motion right that's simply what it is so dave do me a favor uh give everyone a quick rundown who you are why it's important yeah so Stu, first of all um just want to thank you on the on behalf of the community crossroad community you do so much for us man and you put out so much free shit that i just wanted to thank you first and foremost for what you do man you do some awesome content yourself and not only that you think outside the box like no one I've ever been involved with. So starting from our first call that day, or was it two years ago? Just want to thank you, man. Thanks for everything that I you did. I appreciate it, man. It's, uh, it's fun. And, and the cool thing is, is you and me, because I've got a lot of clients like that, that even after like we're not working together, but we stay in touch, we'll like touch base. Like you'll send me like, dude, have you seen this bullshit? And you'll send me something and we'll go back and forth on stuff. Or like Dave made a fucking video record for me on how to fix uh, some of the audio issues I was having on podcasts because this is just his thing. Like it, it's been good. I'm glad we kept in contact with all this. And it's been cool to kind of watch So Creative grow. And every time you post something, I'll click and I'll be like, Jesus, like you had one for the four-wheeler that I just, and again, I don't give a fuck about the four-wheeler, but I'm looking at the way you cut it together. I'm starting to think in my head as someone who, and again, I tell people, I walk around with this camera like a douchebag and people are like, oh, are you a videographer? I'm like, no, like, no, don't fucking insult me. That'd be like, they insult videographers. No, not at all. I literally am a guy who knows some basic elements that I can hit record. And hopefully I'm just entertaining enough that my shitty editing and, and video taking skills yeah. get overlooked. But you are an actual technician in this. Talk to me a little bit. Was this something you had before the gym? Yeah, so being 33, I grew up in like the jackass CKY area era where you know it was it was real it was real TV. Let's right just now. tell the kids who are too young like CKY. Like I grew up on CKY too. Was Camp Kill Yourself? Those of you guys yeah. like Bam Margera and that yeah. entire crew and Ryan Dunn, RIP, and all that good stuff. They yeah. fucking made these videos called Camp Kill Yourself, and they were the original like again these like YouTube ish. I don't even know it was pre YouTube. I think. Yeah, it was yeah. all on MTV. Yeah, it was all, yeah. And they'd put them to each other MTV in shopping carts. MTV too, because MTV too was like the bastard child of MTV. Yeah. <laughs> they'd put each other in shopping carts and shove them that like they just fucked up prank like videos. Just like what a lot of people see, you know, jackass, you know, the jackass movies that you see in the theaters today. So you grow up in that, you see that, right. and is that the oh, catalyst? Right. At 14 years old, I picked up my first camcorder at the time and it was on a uh, I don't even forget the name of the format. I was on like a mini DD or whatever it was at the time. So I just, me and my friends were always outside and, you know, unlike, you know, what the kids are doing these days, but we were always outside just creating content, just started creating content then and there. And back then I was editing on what's called Avid. I think Avid's still around, honestly. And, uh, just got in, I fell in love with editing, not necessarily shooting, but editing. And I knew like, what kind of stuck and I started to show my friends and I was in high school and I was, you know, filming the prom and like making all these spring break. Like when I was 18 years old, I made the, like this crazy spring break, you know, video before I knew anything about video. So I knew I wanted to go into it. And then, you know, honestly, I knew I wasn't going to get a job because it's so competitive out there, but I went to school for it. I went to Hofstra for one year, then uh, a local, College up here called Dutchess Community College. Got a great two-year degree there in uh, film and video. Then I finished up at Hunter College. What was the degree in? Just videography or? Yeah, basically like film and, and, um, film and TV studies. Okay. So I finished up in New York City at Hunter College. And that's actually when I found CrossFit. 
So when I found CrossFit in 2008, I was trying to find video jobs at the same time, but it was no, there was nothing out there. The competition is so crazy out there. I was just doing freelance stuff for like small gigs, like uh, reality TV, like TLC, Bravo at the time, like very small PA stuff. And it was just getting to the point where I couldn't find a fucking job. But I was doing CrossFit, and I fell in love with something new, this new workout routine that no one ever knew about. Ended up moving home, man, and then CrossFit took kind of the lead in what my passion was. There was no more video at the time. We're talking 2009 now, 2010. Um, started classic CrossFit story, gym owner, where you build it out of your garage first. You invite your best friend over, say, hey, come try this. Then 30 people. You know, you're in your small garage at the time. And then in uh, 2012, uh, my house went on the market. And I was like, what the hell am I going to do now? So made a decision to look at a, at a store unit. It was a warehouse unit. And that's the, that's the beginning of CrossFit 845. Um, I would say two years later, I started to see, like, the content I was putting out on Instagram with just photos, it was eye-catching. And a couple of the trainers actually were photographers as well. So then we started to put out videos. And I was like, holy shit, it's coming back to me. Like, the skills are coming back. They're coming back better and better. The software is better now. And now I'm just creating just stupid content for the gym. We're talking like open workouts, like just simple workouts, hero workouts we started with. Um, and then taking a cue from like, you saw the evolution of the CrossFit um, media team and how they started doing it. And like you started like when the CrossFit journal jumped from the old school stuff to holy shit. And they, they're counting Dan Bailey's reps in the corner of him doing a demo workout kind of thing. And you're like, oh, this is a whole nother level. Honestly, Stu, that's, that's really it. You hit it right on the, on the head there. Um, CrossFit is doing such a great job creating content themselves. It's like, it was very organic content too. And, you know, at the time, you had to have a subscription to the journal to see the full video. Yeah. You only saw, you know, a so minute. It was, or a, it was a teaser. Yep. Right. So, of course, I subscribed to him. I was just, you, you sat there and watched the video for 20 minutes. And that was, it was reality TV right in front of your face that Crossroads was putting out. So then I was like, okay, Instagram's here. Let's put, you know, a mini content movie or whatever you want to call it out and then throw it on the YouTube. And then sure enough, people were catching on. And then now, fast forward to 2019, now I have a corporation, a side business that turned into, okay, I created awesome content for the gym, and now I have branched out to other businesses in the Hudson Valley up here in New York where I started free with a spin studio. I started free with a restaurant. So I picked two things that are super sexy on screen, and I went with that. So I showed the, I did those first for free and then people started seeing those. And then that's when I started charging people. Yeah. It's like, I, I, so I recorded a podcast the other day. I don't know if it dropped yet, but I was talking about how I think it's complete bullshit in some of these, um, micro gym owner groups on Facebook, the, you know, there'll be a new infancy stage gym owner and everyone's like, don't drop your rates. Don't give anything away for free. It's like, bro, do you not remember what we all did to get cred and clout in the fucking beginning? Like my first couple calls that I, and I think the very first person I ever charged was Sean Ryder, but I had maybe two calls before that because I knew I needed the content to prove I knew what I was talking about. And it couldn't be a talking head video. I needed someone on Skype with a side-by-side -side video like I've made when we got on a call. And I needed to show that fucking cred there before someone would get it. Just like, you can't just go, hey, my name's Dave and this is, and I, I can make a cool video about working out. You had to go actually find another business that would let you shoot for them, which anybody would did, you know, as a trade out barter, whatever the fuck it may be, or just even for free for your portfolio, which so many professional creatives will do. Like everyone's like, I can't find anyone to take photos or videos. I'm like, bro, there's a 17 year old who's got mad skills and he would fucking do it for free just to create a portfolio. Absolutely. And that's about, it's just about creating social proof. Like, like you said, you have to have something in there and you do things for free, like jab, 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 right hook, right? You do things, you put it out there for free and it's, you know, in the end, it's going to pay off 
for you, especially if you have great content and, and great content along with great context as well, because, you know, and we could talk about this a little bit later, but the stuff that I shot was, was eye catching. It wasn't like a shaky video camera. It was on a gimbal, obviously. And then the edit to it was always done to music that brought people in. And that's a big thing that I do with, with the videos is like, I edit to music. Yeah. I don't, yeah. It with, I don't edit and lay the timeline of video down first. Then I pick the music first. That's something that I'm trying to get better at. I would just I walk into when I pick up the camera for the day. I already have an idea, and then the music is an afterthought. But when I think of the music first, it's so much fucking better to cut. Yeah. Now again, on a on a 30 second commercial versus a 10 minute vlog, it's a little bit different. But still, so what do you use? Use Epidemic? What do you use for for? Yeah, so so I use two two sources i use epidemic sound and then i also use artlist.io yeah i know artlist.io yep both of them are outstanding man and it's just like a, a library of you know royalty free music that anyone can use it's, it's very cost effective too because you know what i think epidemic i want to say is what 15 bucks a month and i want to say artlist.io maybe like a, an annual subscription say 100 bucks and to some people that are going to say, I'm not paying that much, but you're going to get your return so fast if you put out great content. Sure. Now right. you could like, again, I've talked about this, like you can go, I literally just had to do this for micro gym university on the content course. You can go to YouTube and search all the royalty for your music. Facebook's content creator has this where people are putting it up there. You don't have to pay a damn thing for it. You can even go find songs like, uh, fucking work bitch by Britney Spears, which is royalty free. They do not have any copyright claims on that whatsoever. There are some nugs out there of songs that are really popular, really cool. Might there might maybe or maybe not fit what you're the message you're trying to send, but you don't have to spend any money on royalty free music. But if you're doing it at the volume that like you and I are doing or how I believe micro gym should be doing, you're gonna run out of those songs really quick. They're not gonna fit the genre like you can on an epidemic. Right, correct. And if you, if you go to any of these sources like Epidemic or Artlist, um, there's, you can pick it by the mood or the genre. Like, so if you have it, right. So like one of the latest videos we put out for CrossFit for 5 was a girl who lost 100 pounds. And behind that was music that people can like, you know, I don't want to say cry to, but can feel some sort of sentimental value. If I put a different track like a rock song behind it, it gives a completely different feeling it's like to have that source and that that library of music that you can do it by genre it makes it a lot easier to okay i shot this video what story is this person telling and what kind of music do i want to add for the feeling and that carries over 10 times that you'll 10x the feeling and the response and the shareability if you have the right music coupled with the right content and I I'm a bigger fan. The audio is an experience, is a sensory experience that we overlook in the micro gym industry. Right. So I've got these clips from, uh, I did the, the 321 Growth Summit in 2016 or 17, it might have, 17 it was, and I did a Q&A at the end, and uh, Clay Weldon, who hosted the whole thing, he asked me, what's the biggest thing you think for the micro gym industry in the next, and I said, music. And I think we're seeing, like, music is something, we all have songs that get stuck in our head. Right. There's certain images you can get stuck in your head, but they're generally not very flattering ones. Like they're normally like, if you ever saw your grandma naked getting out of the shower, like that's the shit you like. But like music is something that you could like hear a song in a gym at the right time of a workout. And that shit just, you cannot get that out of your head for the rest of the fucking day. Music is the sensory experience. I think none of us are doing well. I had Steven hit on the podcast recently. He started Beats RX which is a music streaming service, which he is hoping to be a solution for the microgym. I'm currently serving as an advisor to a startup tech company in Charlotte that is trying to do something very similar, create a pocket DJ to cut to custom intervals in the microgym. And, yeah. and these are all things that I, I'm so, I believe in more than anything. And, and just for the vi for videos alone, it is, uh, it, it just, and again, you guys are thinking of your content. I know a lot of you guys are just like, Bro, I just, I can't even think past hitting record on my iPhone and not having my handshake, right? And, you know, you two guys are talking about music. I get that you guys fuck with this a little bit more. For the guys that are listening that are just trying to get started with content and they're all they're going to have is this guy, right? This, this amazing camera, by the way, that's in your pocket. Absolutely amazing camera that's in your pocket. 
And it becomes a super camera if you attach a gimbal to it for a gym that has high movement, high energy kind of cunt, content. Um, did I just say cunt? No, they say cunt or content. I don't know, Isaac, we might have to edit that one out. Um, but <laughs> what do you think would be a starting point? You're giving advice to someone who's like, I can't hire like a so creative. I don't know how, I don't have a DSLR. I don't have any of this. What do I do, Dave? Your biggest expense of equipment is in your hands at all time. That's hands down what it is. The iPhone, the Android, they shoot, you know, 1080p. You don't need anything more than that. And usually Instagram dumbs it down in the 720. That's just some geek technology. But if you're trying to, the thing that I say is or suggest is just start. Don't overthink it. If you overthink it, you're never going to start, sure. right? And again, the biggest piece of equipment, there's cameras out there that are hundreds of dollars that cost less than your iPhone, right? But, you know, they are utilized at, by professionals, but at the same time, you have something in your hands that's $1,000. This thing is $1,000 that can shoot. You don't have to spend any money on a camera. You have it right in your hands. Get yourself a gimbal. Get yourself a tripod. Set up a time lapse. This phone does time lapse right into it. I mean, it gets really simple as long as you don't overthink it. Just like with anything in, in working out, like everyone says paralysis by analysis, it's the yep. same thing. Just start with content. Yeah. Let's give some actual attack. So that's something all these guys are going to hear. So um, do I hold it vertical or do I go sideways? So I'm a big fan of 16 by 9 because um, I forget who said it, but the, someone said the movie theaters that you go to and you watch movies in will never be square. Right, so everything is shot, all the big movies, but that's just my personal preference, and that's what I started with at CrossFit Eight Four Five. So I want to be congruent in that. Although I you just sixteen nine, so everyone that's listening, okay. okay, that's the aspect ratio. Will you just explain it to them? Sure. So sixteen nine is is exactly what we said. The aspect ratio. If you hold your phone horizontal, but everyone now is holding it vertical for Instagram, Instagram stories now, and IGTV. Right, IGTV, which I completely understand. Um, but just for me and my consistency and what I do for my clients, for other businesses, I always shoot 16.9 just because it looks cinematic. And that's what I go for. Like the, the UTV, the, the quad or whatever you called it before, that was supposed to be cinematic. And that's what the client wants. Any type of restaurant is going to be you know, sexy and cinematic for their website as well. Yeah. So that's what I always shoot in. I always um, recommend it because you can go 16.9, which is, again, guys, holding your phone sideways, and you can cut it to go vertical for Instagram. You can have it in post-edit. You might, again, depending on what you shot, you're going to probably lose some things in the crop and bring it in. But by and large, generally, I tell people I recommend shoot with the phone sideways. And even for the IGTV guys, even look at like what the big guys who afford – fucking 10 dudes to do this, like yep. Gary V's, they literally still shoot sideways. And all they do is they say in the, in the, the opening clip, turn your phone this way. Yep. Literally, that's all they do is they say, turn your phone sideways to watch it. We're not cutting it to fucking Instagram's aspect ratio. Right. And even like, you know, if you're doing selfies or if you're in the gym, I, you know, I want this content to be driven toward, you know, the gym owner or whatever. Um, if you're doing, you know, a post-workout interview with someone who just crushed the workout, like if you're going to hold the the phone vertical, you're cutting off the crop and you don't have as much space as opposed to if you hold it horizontal where you can fit both you guys in there very clear. It's just a little stupid yeah. tip. No, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And especially like, again, like desktop viewing of content is far less. So going, going vertical with your shooting your content, it's probably to be consumed on a phone as well, right? But it's still, at the end of the day, sideways will do both. But if you just shoot vertical and someone pulls it up on YouTube or someone pulls it up on whatever, it looks like dog shit. It looks like dog shit. And here's the other thing you can do. Uh, this is, a, you know, and this, this takes a lot of like editing ability as well. So you could see, you could play, and you do it yourself. You shoot it horizontal and then you add the caption above and below. And that's going to be like, a, you know, an eye-catching like Meme. click. Right, or like something like three tips to improve your squat right there at the top. All right, so let's watch this. Three tips to, you know, getting new members, something yep. like yep. that. And you can just – and that has to be shot horizontally. Correct. Yep. Right? So there's this guy, Kevin Anson, who's, who's big on that too. Who do, he, he works with physical therapists with video. And he, he does all that text above and text below. So he's really good at – but he always shoots 
horizontally. Cool. So, yeah, man. So, what that's about, it. what about lighting? That's a huge. I get Jim okay. about lighting, and I'm like, well, you you got bay doors. They're like, yeah. I'm like, well, unless you're in Antarctica, like you're probably you're going to have some decent light at some point during the day. Yeah, um, I never shoot with lights. I, it, is, it is always natural. If I'm doing an interview, I will shoot with a, a little light, but I never shoot with lights because even photography, specifically photography, you look at some of these gyms who have, you know, they have great photos, but they ruin it because there's a flash that is flashing in front of this person who's about to do a clean. I mean, that's going to fuck up the athlete himself or herself. But you could tell the difference between someone who uses a flash and someone who doesn't. It's very natural and organic when you don't use lighting. Um, you also look like, you also make the person, if you're shooting with a light attached to a camera, you make the person or the subject feel super uncomfortable in a group of cla classmates who are now, you know, maybe distracted. And that makes them super uncomfortable about because people are looking at them the whole time instead of focusing on, you know, the class itself. And it's, you know, so I get a, um, one of my very, the first thing I do with a gym owner when I'll start working on their marketing, I make them do, we do organic campaigns only. So the first step is get a photographer, either paid or barter, and we need to get accumulate, um, I want 150 photos, 15 shots of 10 different clients. And we, we start this, what I call a tagging campaign. And a lot of times the gym owner will come back like, hey, I found a photographer, but he wants to do the lights and bring all this in. It's like, listen, number one is it's going to be distracting. You're going to put, people are going to be nervous while they're doing it. And it's not going to feel as organic. And be honest, this is one photo or 150 photos that will be scrolled by within the next month. It's a lot of photographers and videographers who are very traditionally and they're very, um, they're just artists and they're thinking of this as art where you're just using it as a cons like a very one-off. It's going to be quick and consumed and done and over with. I think that's, I mean, for gym owners, if you guys run into any professionals like that, respect the artist. Like they're trying to do it, but also let them know the scope of what you need. Like this is not going on a wall in a museum or this is not my wedding photo. This is a gym photo in a warehouse and I want to capture that. Right, exactly. And you have to think about, you, you know, you say this all, all the time, who's your avatar? Who's looking at your screen at the time? And what's going to be the most thought-provoking or eye-catching image or video that you can yeah. put up? And it's not something that's going to be glamorous because that's not real life. If you yeah. have someone who's decked out in, in, in all makeup and they have a flash and the background is super dark, but they're in the spot, like, like people see right through that. People are not stupid. And most photographers and videographers, they're normally, they're not thinking, they're thinking about what their other peers in that industry are going to look at their work and think. So they're, you know, they're probably trying to protect their image. They're going to have their watermark on there. They want it to look dope, completely understand. So guys, when you, when you are looking for a photographer, or videographer, make sure they understand the scope of work you're trying to do. Don't let them know you don't want shit, but I think, you know, Dave mentioned it really well. The content you have to get started, and there's some effort to the context, but the context for what we're doing with these videos, um, are, let's stick with photos. The photos can be a little bit less professionally done, and you'll get away with it perfectly. Videos, right. even then, it can be a little less professionally done as long as the storyline is appropriate. Um, okay, so I want to I go on. So we talk lighting, we talk gear. If so, On the gear side, what would you recommend to somebody if you're like, listen, I'm going to go buy some. I get this all the time. What should I, do I need mics? Do I need, I literally got a DM today. Someone asked me, do I need this boom mic? And I just want to, I'm like, what the fuck have you been reading? No, we don't need a goddamn boom mic. However, we and me, I literally, so uh, Dave, uh, we were hitting each other up as we geek out on some of this. There is a new product from a, a couple, he's got it right there. You, those guys on the podcast, he just lift up. It's called a Rode wireless go these are wireless lab mics wireless labs um are 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 you are not necessarily unique but from road this version they're the smallest things what would you say their size of it's like a matchbook thicker than a yeah, matchbook but the same size yeah perfect description uh you know length and and height if you want to call it by, by a matchbook and then the width is a little bit thicker but I mean, really cool story about this is that you texted me this. I had not seen it. It had just dropped. It's 200 bucks. And I was like, I'm getting this. This thing looks awesome. And I got it, Stu. And out of it, I created a new segment called Miked Up Members that has just blown up because I wanted to test it before I tested on like my okay, video. Client, yeah. Right, right. 
I wanted to see like how durable it was, how the sound, you know, came out on the edit. And still, so I started, it was great. I just mic'd up someone in the class and I just rolled the camera on them. They had no idea when I was rolling. And I just had the mic on them the whole hour and out of it became mic'd up members, a segment that we have at CrossFit 845 now. I just dropped our third episode. Yes. It's like the best parts of the NFL or the NBA when you get to listen to Steph Curry mic'd up or fucking like any of the sports guys. I think that is the coolest fucking idea. It was fucking awesome. And afterwards, I think I texted you about it too because, yeah. you know, the athletes were sweating on it and it was really durable and the sound is awesome. So that's on our Instagram and our YouTube as well. It's called Mic'd Up Members. And all the, there's no music behind it too. I just put a little, you know, Snoop Dogg intro on it with a little animation and then I just rolled it for like 50 seconds. It was just cut, cut, cut. There were fast cuts of funny sound bites that you would typically get from this member. And it took off. We had, for this one girl, Kathy, who's like a complete nut job in her gym. And if she's listening, I love you, Kathy. But um, she... She's your she, Sally. Organically, exactly. She organically, you know, it was released a couple of weeks ago. She got like a thousand views within a, a few days and it just like was shared all over the place. And it's like, that's what you want. You don't have to be so stodgy in the gym, right? The, the same run and gun, you know, this is my, stories are great, but this is like, why do you do CrossFit? What's your favorite exercise? Like entertain people. You have to entertain yes. Because like that's going to separate you from the traditional gym down the road. Yeah, dude. Right? I think, um, so I just posted up the other day, I think, go check out the Motley Crew CrossFit. They're out of South Africa. And they've, they're, they're definitely there. I think they're doing a good job. They've got this cool, uh, the humans of Motley Crew. And it just really good interviews with their members. Fun little cutaway, you know, good cuts and stuff like that. And uh, they're doing a good job. Because the, the, here's the thing is, when you're creating content, two reasons, education and entertainment. But the bent over teaching your teaching your prospects or someone the bent over barbell row less interesting. Correct. Right now, I think you could be educational. So for urban movement, we we're me and Isaac are brainstorming in the deuce on this because um, you know third and fourth quarter I'm going to be taking a backseat. The vlog will still happen twice a week, but I'm going to be doing more urban movement content and vlog kind of content. And awesome. you know, one of the ones is going to be literally like content is the why I got rid of a CrossFit gym and I put in, what are these hanging pull-up bars and all the, like just things. So that when people come in here, they have a story behind why we do it. There'll be a little bit of education, but way more fucking entertainment. Right. Interviewing members from the, that are gym, but not just, again, not about the fucking workouts. I'm like, what do you do? Where's your favorite beer? Tell me the yes. funniest drunk story you've ever had. Like a little mini podcast, like you would cut in some pictures of them going to work, this, that, and everything. So the prospect like, oh, I work at Bank of America too. Oh my God, I walked down that same street to go to work too. And right. then cut in some quick B-roll that's fucking cliche of the chick working out and having a great time and high-fiving people and all that good shit. Right. So, exactly. Yeah, so much of the content. Now again, for those of you guys listening, I think Dave and I, we would take you getting started with the stodgy, basic fucking questions just to get you started like the typical shit you've seen every other gym do go for whatever's got to get you going in that direction but then start using and that's why i've dedicated like i start once i started the vlog all i watch is youtube because i need to see what other creatives are doing to just even catch a fucking a glimpse of something that's going to spark an idea for the gym or wtf right I have, so for my member spotlights, my member spotlights destroy. And it's because they, I, I asked them a question that's going to prompt them to tell their story. And that question is, okay, Kathy, who were you before you walked into these doors? And at what point of your life were you at? And why did you come here? Why did you need help? Because everyone who comes to CrossFit needs help, right? What was that story and who were you? And I've had girls and guys on the verge of tears telling their story. And I, just, I don't talk. I let them talk. I ask them questions, like two follow-up questions, and there I have it. I have the one-minute content, and I pick the, the one or two things out that's going to vibe with someone else who's watching it, just like you say with the avatar. Yeah, it's and here's one. I love that on the storyline. Here's one for you guys. Ride trends. 
how many of you fuckers could have created a hyper-local video if you went around and interviewed everybody on the Monday after the season finale of Game of Thrones and asked everybody their fucking opinion on the season finale of Game of Thrones? It would have nothing to do with your fucking gym, but guess what? It would go hyper-locally viral or at least within their ecosystem because it's a relative trendy fucking topic. Any of you gyms in Toronto right now or you guys in the West Coast that are not making content, question of the week, who's going to win? fucking the Golden State Warriors or the Raps. Who's good? Like, you have to ride trends. Like, it, you have to. It's free publicity if you ride a trend. Yeah, timing is everything, man. Even on the micro level what, with that, too, is because when I do the member spotlights, I don't interview them before the workout. I interview them when they look like shit, but they feel great. Yeah. After you get a good workout, and I don't prompt them with the questions either. After you get that good workout, everyone knows what they're feeling like. They're feeling on top of the world. That's when they're best to interview. That's just my opinion. Yeah. No, I want them at their best and at their natural state. 100%. All right. Yeah. So we get someone to do it, and now they're like, okay, I shot some stuff. What the fuck do I do with the footage now? What do you recommend for people from an editing perspective, assuming they know Dick? Yeah. I mean, if you have, um, I don't know, you know. I think I, iMovie is probably I, the most basic. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that's the same thing. But, you know, maybe it came up with something else. But iMovie is where I started, man. Yeah. I mean, it's I intuitive. You don't have to know shit. It's so funny. When you were talking about you and your boys like doing like spring break videos, the first video I ever really, really edited. So in college, my freshman and sophomore year, I was the weirdo with the camera, but I never edited anything. We just always watched it back, right? I never got into the editing. And then I forget what happened. I think we went to Panama City break. I fucking lost the camera. And then I found, like, very similar, like, I, whatever. And I never went back to it. And then I hired a videographer. This is, uh, I cross, a CrossFit South End. You know, we're doing, business is doing really well. And I hire a videographer to follow me and my boys around during a three-day St. Patrick's Day bender. When I mean bender, I mean we are up on, like, it's literally just a degenerate fucking drunk fest. And I hire this videographer to follow us around to the bars, the clubs, everywhere. But I said, I want it. I said, I want all the footage. I want to do the editing because only I can tell this degenerate story yes. well enough. And I edited. Yes. I remember one day I sat in the office. I came in. I, you know, I wasn't coaching. I sat in the office with Isaac. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to edit this video. She's like, do you know how to do that? I'm like, I have no idea. It took me probably eight hours to edit this fucking thing but it's still the funniest fucking thing ever. I watch it probably once every 90 days and laugh my dick off at this video. But that was just the first thing. I just fucked with iMovie. That's all it was. It's intuitive. That's it. And it's so easy. You don't have to pay for anything to learn any of this. Just exactly what you did is what you know everyone can do. If they put the time into it, YouTube has everything. Yeah. You spend hours upon hours. I'm talking like 12 to 24 hours straight learning how to edit. But you know what? It's better than paying for it. And then, you you know, this guy's going to try to upsell you to do something else. Yeah. You can do it if you put the time into it. Yeah. Like I've talked to people. So I use Design Pickle, which is like pretty much you pay a flat rate on limited graphic designs. And then there's a, you know, a version of that called Video Husky for video editing. Yes. Unlimited video editing is like under 500 bucks a month, which is a crazy fucking good deal. If you're doing it up, you know, with even just doing one video a month, that's still a crazy good fucking deal. But the key is, is, and so someone asked me, like, why did you go from, because I, even with WTF, I spent two years with a videographer, having that guy, I had multiple guys, and then I went to the vlog, which the vlog, I'm doing all the shooting editing myself, why did you do that? I'm like, because I, I want a style, and I won't know what my style is until I shoot for, I, I will have 100 plus vlogs, and then maybe I might have an idea, but even then I might not, and it's crazy, when you shoot your own shit with a story in mind, Editing becomes enjoyable. How, like, what is the best feeling to sit on a fucking 30 gigs of raw clips and you have this idea and out of 30 gigs of raw clips, you're going to end up with a product at like 800 megabytes and it literally, but it was your idea and you had to hunt through that one fucking scene and cut it to the fucking 10th of a second and time it up with the beat and it's the best feeling ever to make that come to life. It's the best. It's so funny you say that because you have so much in footage, but you you trick <laughs> something so small. Um, yeah, it's the same thing, man. I mean, you want to really, you almost want to overshoot. So, like, it's better always overshoot. Always overshoot. It's better to have multiple options. Like, I can make a second second edition of these these members mic'd up because there's so much good content and you yeah. could just chop it chop it chop it and everything's in the edit man everything is in the edit and you could 
you can almost like create something that didn't even happen, right? So if you, you know, members mic'd up, say I get, and I haven't had it yet, but if you get someone who's like kind of not entertaining, kind of boring, you can easily make it entertaining for someone who doesn't know them. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. Um, a couple other things. So like we were talking, you know, audio with the Rode wireless lav mic and, and that works in that. And that is a great option. Uh, the funniest thing is, so I hit Dave up with the lame, like, dude, check this fucking thing out. Have you tried this yet? He's like, fuck, I'm buying it. And then Dave hits me up the weekend of Easter. He's like, yo, did you get it yet? I was like, no, I'm dragging my feet on it. I'll get around to it tonight. He's like, fucker, do it. Cause B and H up in New York city celebrates Passover and they're going to run out of stock. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, Dave, I'm going to do it. Of course I get fucking busy. I don't do it. I've literally, I've got like, cause I've got a gig. I'm going out to um, speak at the Iron and Mortar Summit. I'm interviewing JP. I'm doing a Kalipa one, Miranda, and I'm vlogging and I want to be fucking mic'd up. I want to use the road, whatever. So now I've got B&H shipping one out to me fucking like, cause they're out of stock. I've got fucking Australia's yeah. not making them fast enough or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Um, it's so fucking funny. But guys with, from an audio perspective, the one thing I will say with uh, a lot of the videos you guys will do the standard, like good B roll, like literally I've, I've talked to make content at where we just make class montages. There's audio doesn't matter. If it's like a B-roll class montage, you're going to put music behind it like Dave and I were talking about. Interviews, though, that is one where generally there's a lot of external noise in your gym. Bars dropping, fans going on, other people talking. Having a mic, even if you invest in like a, uh, a $70 Rode lav mic that literally will connect into the base of your phone, into the aux jack or your Thunderbolt, you'll have to get an adapter, and you could just run it to that person's fucking shirt and then hold the camera and record them would be a huge step up to create. So, cause again, if you're going to do a testimonial, like what he's doing with the mic, the members, the audio is key. It's, it's important. It's more important than the video at that point. Yeah. I mean, for the, our, uh, our member spotlights that we, you know, do often and we, and we destroy with, um, they, you know, first of all, we run the B-roll. The B-roll is so simple. You follow the person around and you have a good, if you have a good lens, you don't have to get real close to them at all. You just follow them around for the entire hour. Then, like I said, interview them after. So, you know, take them into a separate room if you have a separate room or tell the class that's coming in, you know, or the coach not to play any music and to just be quiet for like five minutes. It only takes five minutes or so. Um, but, yeah, audio is everything. If you don't even have a lab, you can get, you know, a road shotgun mic. I think they're 80 bucks at Best Buy. Like that, that, you know, that does it too. But if you have – and I've had, you know, I've had some really shitty audio ones when I started these member spotlights that, uh, you know, they suck. I'll be honest with you. Like the audio can kill it. If someone's telling a story and then a barbell drops in the background, it's like kills everything. But fortunately, you know, I know how to edit around it. So I just take a different segment for it. But it's really simple to get B-roll. We are still, we are so fucking lucky for the amount of content that we have available to us every hour of our day. Yeah. You have so much content that you can use within your hour of the gym. Just take one person. Hey, you know, Mike, do you mind if I just follow you around for this one hour and then do an interview about the workout afterwards? Yeah. Or do, you know, do like a separate workout video or do, um, you know, follow someone around for a day. What does he do outside the gym? Yeah. We have so much content available to us. We're lucky. We're not lawyers. We're not accountants. We're not desk jockeys. We're not sitting on our asses like trying to stew up content. We have it right in front of us. It's just about utilizing it and getting after it just starting. Yeah. Um, everybody just listened to you say stew up content and they all smiled. They all yeah. chuckled. Um, so here's one thing too. I, a lot of people, I'm, I'm just, I always picture what my audience is doing as we're talking. And right now I bet you there's some people listening like, I, but it's fucking, is it weird for my guys that like, are they going to like being filmed? Like, here's a couple things. I do recommend having photography and videography releases built into your waivers, right? That will cover you on that end. If you guys talk to your contract lawyers, the people who made your waivers, get that done. But here's one thing I recommend when interviewing someone, the reason sometimes your members seem very apprehensive, they don't want to sound stupid on camera. They want to please you. They want to answer it properly. Here's how I generally recommend people interview and throw in any of your suggestions as we go through. Start with about five softballs. What is your name? How long have you been a member here? Yep. What class did you attend today? Questions they cannot get wrong because they know them. There's no opinion. They're going to spit facts. Where do you live in Charlotte? 
How long, whatever it may be. Awesome. Great. Are you married? What do you do for work? Give them a bunch of softball questions. Get them feeling comfortable in this interview, inquisitive type relationship that you're setting up with them on camera. And then slowly go into questions that are just, again, very easy to answer. So it might be something like, all right, so tell everyone, and I already know the answer to this, Sally. What is your four, what's the movement you hate the most? Even if you're like, I don't want to use that content, it's going to get her fucking palatable with answering questions and more comfortable. And then when you drop one fucking amazing, just like Pandora boxes, like what Dave was recommending, like who were you before you got started here? But guys, don't roll up on someone. Like, hey, can I interview? And question one is, who were you before you got started here? They will probably freeze up because how many of us are used to being interviewed? None of us. It's, it's like they teach it to you at the NFL Combine, like literally how to answer questions properly. Being interviewed is a interviewing and inter, answering questions in interview is a skill that you right. could pay people thousands of dollars to learn. It's um, any other yeah. suggestions for that? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, you know, public speaking, what is that? The number one fear, right? Uh -huh. yeah. It's like mini public speaking because it's going to go out to hundreds thousands of people who see it. So of course it's going to be super uncomfortable. Everyone's so uncomfortable whenever I interview them. But at the same time, when they sit down and as I'm doing the mic, I kind of like get to know them, even though I know them, but I'm like, how was your day today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I give them a compliment. Dude, you crushed that clean and jerk, man. I, what was the weight over there that you used? And this is as I'm doing it, as I'm micing them up, yep. I'm checking down. He doesn't even know I'm checking the sound on the mic, playing back the video to make sure that the audio is good. And then I'm like, dude, we're just at a bar. It's me and you. We're having a conversation, man. Yep. And then I won't go right into the question, but I'll ask them like, what are you going to do after this? Like, what are you doing later on? Right. And then I'll say, you're still liking CrossFit, right? You love it here. You got your friends here. It's all good. And then I'll hit them with, all right. Who were you before you walked into these doors and where were you at in your life? Yeah. And then it just kind of builds them up. At that point, they feel super comfortable, especially because I'll back end it with, dude, you crushed that clean jerk just now. That's why you're interviewing after as well. Because yeah. I'll look at something, especially if they, I videoed it or put it on the video that they're going to see later and say, he just complimented me. Oh, there's the clean jerk that I just saw in the video. Yep. That's what he said. Yeah. So they'll always remember those little trinkets of, you, ha you know, developing a re relationship with someone. You have to make them comfortable. Otherwise, it's going to come off as super uncomfortable on camera. Yeah. The number one thing that I think that you need to get rid of at any, any type of interview are the ums. Oh, you yeah, yeah. Get rid of you got to just do some quick J cuts, cut out all the ums, just, yeah. just cut them all out. Because a lot of us will even do it. And I mean, I, when I'm cutting up my stuff, I don't do it. I don't do nearly as much though. There are times where we don't like silence, which in let's, let's take this to coaching. What is the thing coaches always say when they don't like, Oh, good job. Good job. Good job. Nice job. Awesome job. Like it's like, shut the fuck up. You're just saying something cause you're uncomfortable with the silence. If you have nothing to say when you guys are making content, if you're doing a talking head video, you're recording yourself talking about this week's workouts or this promotion you have coming up or whatever it is, just don't say anything. You can cut that silence out too. But just get out of the, the the practice of when you need filler going, um, because they're just giving yourself time to think. Give yourself quiet time to think. It makes editing a thousand times easier when you can see those gaps of no audio and just start cutting. Yeah, I mean, I had some clients that were really, really uncomfortable with it. And they all they did was say, um, and they dragged out their sentences long. But if you can throw B-roll over these cuts, no one will ever know. No. You throw the cut in an interview portion where it's on screen, people are going to see that it's okay. That was weird. We're, we're like, the, you know, he was looking at the left and all of a sudden he's on the right. Yeah. Like, people see that too. So that's where you throw the B roll over there. It's super easy, but it's just a skill that you have to require. And you have to think you have a minute to fill this, to tell a story, to be entertained. And you cannot fill it with ums or long pauses. That is super, super important, or else people are just going to move on. Who's your favorite, like from a content creator, people you watch for inspiration on content and stuff, whether it be YouTube or professionals, directors, whatever, what, what's, what do you, what's your go-to for inspiration? So my go-to for editing is definitely this kid, Orion York. He's like, he's gotta be, he may be 18 or, or 22. Some of these guys are amazing. These, 
these younger guys. And then there's Daniel Schiffer, who is, I, yeah. I believe, you know. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. dude, 100%. So his editing technique is outstanding. And he puts out free content on YouTube, which I, I'm sure you've seen about some sort of editing techniques that I've completely oh, yeah. implemented 10 times over. Oh, 100%. His, like, so he, I, I'm subscribed. He's, he put out a video on making um, Instagram content for restaurants, like really trendy video stuff. Like, and he just did such a great fucking job. And, and his tu tutorial videos, again, because YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world, owned by the first largest being Google. But when you want to learn how to do some, especially from an editing world, like literally, I, you could go learn iMovie or Final Cut Pro or Premiere, whatever it is, online for free. Like your, your education, you probably now in a 2019 world, you would look back like I would not have gone to school for two years. Hell no, absolutely not. And, and where I got a lot of inspiration from is from mentors, like, you know, not physical, you know, I don't know him personally or whatnot, but like mentors like him, like the way that he edits, I use, I did a crafted cocktails segment for one of my restaurants that I do. And it was five, it was five short 15 second videos that was all it the video was made through sound effects and i got the biggest thing the biggest inspiration of sound through that guy daniel Schiffer. and it like it's crazy the way the video is if you just had no audio at all it would be dog shit like you say but because of the sound effects it's just like it's crazy it's yeah. awesome yeah. I, I love it Schiffer stuff's good i love max joseph uh, yep. Max Joseph is phenomenal. For you guys, he he did a he did a Hollywood movie with uh, Zach Efron called "We Are Your Friends" about a DJ. But he's done a bunch of short videos, and the best one was um, it was about do you have to be an asshole to be a good leader? There's a short video. When I say short, like 40 minutes long, it is an amazing fucking movie. It is so goddamn good for about leadership and where he interviews James, like all these famous directors. Like, do you have to be an asshole to be a great leader? Very Steve Jobs-esque kind of scenario. Right. Um, I mean, if you're looking for inspiration as far as gym owners go, I mean, look at, you know, Sean Ryder's doing a great job too. He's, he's a beast when it comes to the content. I know Mike Koslap is, is doing a lot of his Sean videos. is a beast because he's not dumb. Sean will literally tell you, I don't fucking know a goddamn thing about any of this. He hired when the CrossFit media guys dropped. Sean is not dumb. Sean's like, I know this guy. He's now out of a job. Here I come in with a very good offer, and he, Sean's kept him, and it's paid off. His the content is crisp. It's but it just it's phenomenal. Um, yeah. And then there's guys, you know, and I think you'd love this. So there's two gyms I tell people to go look at. There's a gym in Sayreville, New Jersey, called Isabella Fitness, and uh, Isabella Fitness is an amazing gym. It is run by a part-time gym owner. He's a full-time teacher, and this dude, I would put the production of his gym financially up against almost anybody. This guy is doing amazing. And you wouldn't, Sayreville, New Jersey isn't fucking Manhattan, right? There's nothing wrong with Sayreville. Um, and Ben Isabel, if you're listening, you know I love you. This dude is doing vlogging, but like on Instagram, we're like, I mean, I'm talking it's ghetto as fuck. He's got just the, the lav, you got it, yeah, yeah. He's got the fucking lav mic and he just walks up to people and puts the lav mic right in their face and just asks them the questions right on camera. He's getting better, you can see the evolution of it. But like he's got these really good trendy hashtags now. We hashtag we met at Isabella Fitness. He started a YouTube vlog. I think he's doing a great job for like, again, it does not look like what Dave would create because Dave is a professional at this, but it looks like what the rest of you gym owners that are listening to this could create. Yeah. Um, I'm looking, he's doing, he does the captions at the top and the bottom. I'm yeah. looking at him. He's also got a great algorithm. So if you look at it, he's got the Google review on the left side of his homepage in the middle is the video. And on the right are there still photography on I mean, it and get creative too. Like that's another thing as well yeah. that, I'm going to start implementing on our Instagram is, and I started to do it a little bit, what is three pictures of females below three pictures of males below three videos. Yeah. You have to have the ability to take the time to create those videos. And yeah. Put out content. Yeah. And also, and after, I mean, Stu, I have hours of video footage just from member spotlights from last year. Why not take a quick clip from there? Couple it with something that you just shot, and right there you have another promo video for your gym. Recycled footage. A thousand. A thousand. So you, it's leading me into a really good point here. So a lot of a lot of people listening, I want you to think that this needs to become a full time job for you, content creation. I what the fuck, gym talk posts seven to nine times a day. Okay, they are all reruns. The only new content any of you are consuming is the vlog, which is a two day a week drop. 
that is, those are reruns. And the, here's the great thing. I will drop a video from 2015. I'll get some of the demons to be, dude, that video is fucking amazing. It just jammed. Like it was from three years ago. I don't even know if the fucking information is still relevant. Let me go look at it real quick. But reruns work guys. People are not organically going to be seeing your shit as often. You can run these things over and over the best commercials you saw because you memorized the jingle because you saw it a thousand fucking times. You don't need to make new content for every post. You can do reruns. Correct. Chris Cooper is huge on that. Yeah. There's the people who are also new in your gym for 2019. Don't know the difference. It's new to someone. Right. They didn't see the content from 2017. Yeah. And if 2017 content was shit back then because you hone your video skills, you hone your editing skills, then just upload that put the footage into your timeline and you have something fresher and newer. Yeah. Just receive content. It's so easy and stupid. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Dave, if anyone's listening to this and they've got some questions, whether it's probably, it's going to be gear related. It's going to be this, they're going to go look at your website. They're going to ask you questions about creating content for a gym. And any of you guys who are in that tri-state Northeast area, I cannot recommend enough. If you're looking for someone that does content creation, that understands the, the plight of the micro gym owner, this dude, 100,000 for besides having fucking three gym, besides just doing a great gym owner, being able to establish a side hustle to the degree that he has is just, I, I'm, I'm very impressed by him. Um, Dave, how can they reach you? Uh, well, thank you, Stu, for that. Um, my personal is at DSTAT, so D-S-T-A-T, that's my personal Instagram. And then you can see the, obviously, all the gym content. It's, it's, it's killer, man. I say that because I get messages all the time about it. That's at CrossFit845. And then my video business, if you want to see some of the businesses that I do outside the gym, that's uh, so creative 845 and that's, that's all one word as well. I'm going to link all that. I'll have all that linked up in the show notes and all that. Um... But man, listen, it's, I think in a, in a 2019 world where micro gym owners just three years ago started fucking with Facebook ads, right? Really started fucking with Facebook ads. And now in 2020, 2021, I think you'll start them. Everyone like video content will be a constant thing. I think guys like you, one thing I can, if I had to get, give you uh, unsolicited advice, you need to start making tech reviews on gear from micro gym owners. I'm telling you, those road labs, you do some really cool tech reviews on shit, gym owners will eat the fuck out of it. They truly will. That's a great idea. I love that idea. Fuck yeah, baby. Fuck. I that idea. <laughs> yeah, I, you, I take it. It is all yours. I am maxed out over here. I don't have, I don't have time for anything else in my plate, nor am I the tech review to guy to do it because I just ignorantly use shit. Um, <laughs> but uh, awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. That's great. And uh, hopefully we can do this again in a yeah. couple of years. When the gear has evolved and the gyms are at maybe a different point with the content creation and all that stuff, man, that'd be awesome. Fucking A, dude. Fucking A.